You're listening to Song Stories. I'm Sophia Bromowitz. In the fall of 2019, I taught a writing class at the University of Virginia called American Roots Music. At the end of the semester, I asked my students to pick a song from the 20th century and tell a story about it. Each writer approached their song with different questions. How are the song's musicians influenced by their setting, by their personal lives, or by their collaborators? How do we as listeners feel different responses to different kinds of music? And where do these feelings come from? What did a song mean then, and what does it mean now? You can hear their answers to these questions and more by listening to their podcasts. Today we're going to hear about the song Red Hill Mining Town by U2. This episode was written, produced, and performed by Miriam Mendel. Hi there, my name is Miriam, and you're listening to what will likely be both my first and last ever music podcast. So let's get into it, shall we? What I'm here to talk about today is something that I've been pondering for a while now, U2's album, The Joshua Tree. Most people around my age know the band U2 from the infamous Apple Music download incident of 2014. However, I grew up listening to them a lot. I'd definitely say that my favorite album of theirs is The Joshua Tree, which I started looking into more after the 30th anniversary edition came out. Joshua Trees are native to the southwestern United States. This title sets the scene for an album about U2's view of America, its politics, and the experiences of its people. It's not romanticized in a Great Gatsby, American Dream kind of way. As Bono, U2's lead singer, says, quote, The Joshua Tree is about that other side of America, end quote. This other side is the side of gross inequality and harmful foreign policy and broken promises that they explore in the Joshua Tree. These broken promises and the shortcomings of the American dream can be seen in the Appalachian region of the United States. Appalachia spans portions of 13 states and today is home to more than 25 million people. In the 20th century, abundant resources brought agricultural, chemical, and mining industries to the region. Decades later, a crash struck. Poverty rates spiked to 30%. Hundreds of thousands lost their jobs. Today, Appalachian areas are seen as downtrodden, and one-fifth of counties are still considered distressed. Despite improvements in employment, poverty, and infrastructure, Appalachian states are experiencing high emigration. This outward movement stunts further growth and has led to interesting sociological research. One topic centers around individuals who, in the words of researchers at Marshall University in West Virginia, quote, resist the temptation of better opportunities, remain in their home states, and thus represent exceptions to this outmigration, end quote. It is here that this region of America and its people relates back to the Joshua Tree. This situation is mirrored almost word for word in the song Red Hill Mining Town, and it's mirrored almost bar for bar, too. In the beginning of Red Hill Mining Town, the instrumentation is stronger than Bono's voice. His voice actually comes in hesitantly, almost off-pitch, struggling to maintain the same key as the guitar. This guitar, which starts the song off with an isolated solo of careful, pensive string picking, is joined by more electric-sounding chords that, with it, work to nearly drown out the lyrics. 
me, such audio mixing is representative of the contrast between America and the peoples left behind. The guitar, strong and progressing, is like America moving forward and advancing into the future. The lyrics then represent disadvantaged groups, such as those in Appalachia, that have to work to not be swallowed by the nation's progress. Bono sings as if this upwind struggle is being mimicked in his intonation. All of a sudden, the music swells with a synthesized chord progression and a pounding yet muted bass drum. When it breaks, the vocals have finally come to the forefront of the song. The story is now about the Red Hole Mining Town. The lyrics go on to describe the lives of workers living in such a town. This specific song was actually written in response to the 1984 National Union of Mine Workers strike in England. For the Irish members of U2, this struck closer to home than other sources of inspiration for the majority of the album, like American involvement in Central America in the song Bullet the Blue Sky. the landscape of the Mojave in the song In God's Country. However, such strikes and mistreatment are not exclusive to England. Red Hill Mining Town still fits into the Joshua Tree because of the strife that American mine workers have encountered as well. And of his fellow Irishmen, Bono said in an NPR interview, quote, America is a sort of promised land for Irish people, and then a sort of potentially broken promised land. If the same conflict can occur at home and in the promised land, the character of the places must not really be all that difficult. The Joshua Tree makes America and its promises less foreign to you two and the world at large. Its dreams and the lack of their achievement are more real and more accessible. Dreams brought people to America in the first place and spurred their migration within the country. But when those dreams go unrealized, it can be difficult to undo this movement. Many of the families who came to Appalachia generations ago for employment are still there long after the disappearance of the jobs. For many, it's family history and social ties that keep them around. Red Hill Mining Town opens with this concept, stating, It's all too easy to be the next link, to be the next miner or factory worker, if that's all that's ever been known to a family. In a Red Hill town, the only thing keeping these people chained to the town is the fact that they are miners and their fathers were miners and their fathers' fathers were miners as well. A place like this is one left behind, with no opportunity to move into the future, with little to look forward to or... That is, except for the people that make up the place. Old families and social ties create a common identity, which is a factor that contributes to a willingness to stay. A place may be despondent, but at least it can be familiar. Even if it cannot provide economic or professional support, it can provide the support of a community. As the Marshall University researchers wrote, quote, Social capital is a resource for those who are able to make roots in the space they inhabit. Residents are able to get access to resources, network, and advance in their social circles or careers if they gain the trust of those around them, end quote. <laughs> <laughs>
In Red Hill Mining Town, Bono sings about an us and things that are ours. He's telling a tale of people united by hardship in monolithic industry who stay in places that stifle their growth for the sake of social capital. As the song progresses, his voice rises in both dynamics and intensity. In the chorus, he cries out for what he is still waiting, still hanging on to. as if it's becoming more difficult to do so, as if he fears losing his grip. What is being held so tightly makes up the heart of Red Hill Mining Town. In a 1987 interview with NME, Bono said, quote, The untold true story of the coal strike is the number of family relationships that either broke down or put under great strain. Men would lose their pride in themselves and wouldn't be able to face their children or sleep with their wives, end quote. This brings new meaning to the earlier third-person lyrics. Now alongside a love for a community is a more intimate love for a partner or for a family. Inherent even in a disheartening tale such as Red Hill Mining Town is the theme of love. This is the heart of U2's America, the one they've traveled and loved themselves. Shortly after the release of The Joshua Tree, Bono told Spin, quote, I am one in a long line of Irishmen who have taken the boat or plane to America. At an early age, I opened up to America, or America opened up to you too, and I love to be in the U.S. I love the people in the wide open spaces in the deserts, the mountains, even the cities of America, end quote. But despite Bono's best attempts, the fate of this love seems to be a lost cause. Bono's voice becomes more unhinged and the tempo slows, dragging like the feet of weary miners. He sings about lights going down on Red Hill, representing both the end of one workday and the loss of thousands of jobs. The lyrics are uncertain, just as the fate of the people of Appalachia is. In 10 years, will West Virginia still be losing half its population to more prosperous areas? Will it be possible for sustainable industries to take over? Will the jobs come back? The future is unclear. One thing is apparent, though. U2 is optimistic, and it's easy to hear that in Red Hill Mining Town. The song ends eventually on a major chord that swings upward into possibility and the belief in better days for America. In the next segment, we dig a little deeper into this song story. Um, my name's Miriam, and I'm a second year at UVA, and I had to take NWAR because I transferred, but it ended up being, like, one of my favorite things that I've done so far, um, and it was a really good way to start off, uh, this semester, and, um, yeah, I don't know, I like, um, I like public health and medicine, and that's what I'm interested in, but I also, um, was in band for a really long time, so I thought it would be interesting to take a class about writing about music, so, yeah. Yeah, I noticed from reading your work and listening to you speak over the course of the semester that you seem to have a real ear for music. Um, I think I kind of have a good understanding of how songs work just because I did play in a couple, well, not a couple instruments. I played flute and piccolo for like nine years. Um, so that I feel like I have a foundation in music uh, to an extent, but I never took any music theory classes, um, which isn't something I necessarily regretted, but I also wish that I had 
more of an understanding of how music works and how composition works and like what a chord actually is and like how to create a chord and something that sounds good because I kind of just guess and sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't but yeah yeah what what brought you to the song that you chose can you talk about the song um I so last summer I went to California to visit my cousin and we actually went to Joshua Tree National Park which we'd wanted to do for a while and that was really cool and so the whole time we listened to the Joshua Tree album by U2 and so that's been on my mind a lot since then and I think that that album really tells a story and it's like a relevant story about like America because it's the Joshua Tree it's about America it's about these American things by this Irish band um so when we had to talk about a song that had some kind of like cultural significance or some kind of meaning behind it I knew that I was going to pull something from the Joshua Tree and so I was listening through it and I figured that Red Hill, Red Hill Mining Town would be a good song to talk about because um well as you said it relates to like Virginia and Appalachia and that kind of thing and it just seemed fitting yeah um yeah I wonder like would you call it like an activist song, or would you call it something else? Um, I don't know if I'd call it an activist song. It's kind of a response to activism. Um, so in my research, I found out that even though it's, you know, in this America-based album, um, it's actually the Red Hill Mining Town is actually written in response to a miners' strike that happened in the UK, um, and so. They, you know, they were under bad working conditions in um, the mines and everything, and so they weren't on a strike, and um, so that was the activism. So this would then be a response to the activism, I think, and just a reflection upon the issues that people have to speak up for because otherwise it can get them hurt, it can get them killed, it can prevent them from advancing their lives. You were interested in this um, kind of surprising fact of this band not being from the U.S., singing about the U.S. in a song that sounds like it's about the U.S., but it's about the U.K. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, that's a good point. I think that is really interesting to think about um, because, I mean, when you grow up in the U.S., you kind of forget how much of a superpower we are because we're kind of just in it. We're in the U.S. We know that a lot of things revolve around us in, like, the world's, like, markets and, like, economy, er, sorry, economy is the same thing, but, um, like, in the politics and everything. Um, so when you step back and you really realize, like, what that looks like from the outside looking in, it's kind of fascinating because people know so much about the U.S. and they're so fascinated by it, but this is our everyday life. So when I was thinking about this um, Irish band knowing so much about the U.S. and how the U.S. works despite like not living here just like touring here and everything um, I just thought that that was pretty cool um, and it kind of was a revelation I guess in kind of a way of just like our position in the world and like my position in the world as an American person yeah um, and this is a song that you kind of knew an album that you'd encountered before uh, yeah uh, this uh, like I said, uh, we listened. I listened to it a lot uh, with my cousin on the road trip. But we both had um, kind of inherited our 
love for you 2 and this album in particular from our moms who both listened to it a lot like back in the day um so yeah I was familiar with it and um so I did have a I guess a kind of investment in it which made it easier to write about in a way but also not as easy to write about because there were so many different things that I wanted to talk about that I couldn't because I'd thought about it before a lot but I just didn't have the time or like the capacity to do all of it could you talk about some of those things or one of those things that you thought about including and decided in the end not to? Um, yeah, so one thing I wish I could have done was go into the opioid crisis more. I do mention it a little bit towards the end, um, but it's really just a like a passing example that I use to like further a point of how this region of the country is... Um, just not experiencing the same kind of progress as a lot of other areas are. Um, so I wish I could have gone into that uh, because really the opioid crisis, it really like started like in Southwest Virginia and West Virginia and the Ohio Valley. And, and then it just spread out from there. And, um, I, and now it's uh, contributing to the life expectancy for people in the U S to actually decline, which is crazy because it's killing off so many people prematurely. Um, so I wish I could have talked about that more definitely. Um, but I think that didn't really serve as much of a purpose as the other things I chose to talk about. One thing that I loved about your podcast is you were able to kind of access the beauty of the music through all these descriptions. Um, but it really seems like you were using the song to talk about history, you know, (laughs) It seems like this is like the beginning of a longer project for you. Yeah, I think that that would be pretty cool. Um, I, yeah, I tried to pull in from other songs on the album, like Bullet the Blue Sky and um, In God's Country, because those things, um, those those pieces, if you look into it, um, they're also about like American conflict abroad and um and so they're very specifically about certain topics. And so there's a lot of research that could be done there that I wanted to delve into, but I couldn't really. But I took a bunch of time and went off on tangents and just read a bunch of like interviews and stuff about it because it's really interesting, their involvement and their investment in um, the U.S. being its own country here and also what the U.S. is like abroad, like in Nicaragua and um, like in Bolta Blue Sky, and then also like what it's like um, connected to their own home country of Ireland. Yeah, that is really interesting. A lot of places you could go. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> How was the podcast medium for you? Um, it was challenging because I really like to write and run on sentences, I feel. Um, that's always a problem that I had in like elementary school and middle school before they tell you that it's okay to have really long, compound, complex sentences. Um, and so once I was given the freedom to do that, in high school, I was like, okay, I'm just going to run with this forever. And so I really like commas. I really like semicolons. And then when we had that workshop and we learned how to write for um, speaking and they were like, use short sentences, be very clear about what it is. And I was like, oh no, this is something that I really am going to have a hard time with. And um, I don't think I executed it as well as I wanted to. Um, but I also did definitely tone down kind of how I write so that it would be better for a podcast. And then aside from that, recording it was really difficult because I was nervous and I hadn't used the software before, so I wasn't totally sure how like much, 
I mean, how difficult it would be to do a bunch of segments and then stitch them together. So I tried to do it in the one take and I kept messing up pronunciations. And so there'd be like gaps and then there'd just be cursing. And then, <laughs> yeah, so, but it ended up being okay. And I think it was really fun. Yeah. And I think it came out beautifully, honestly. Thanks. <laughs> that makes me feel better about it because it was really daunting. But um, I don't know. I think it's something I'm kind of proud of. But yeah. Thanks for listening to Song Stories. Song Stories is a member of the Virginia Audio Collective. Listen to the whole series and learn more at virginiaaudio.org.